Welcome to the Box Out Basketball Podcast. Box Out Basketball is a resource for basketball players and coaches. We provide quality and affordable personal training from experienced coaches and players, instructional videos showing you how to improve your game at home, and a podcast that brings together the best basketball minds we can find, giving you guidance as you pursue your basketball goals. If you have found any value from this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review on iTunes. Please share our resources with any player or coach you think could benefit. Links to our website, YouTube channel, social media pages, and contact info is all in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Here at Box Out Basketball, it's our job to give you the tools. It's your job to use them. This episode, we had the pleasure of talking women's basketball with Jessica Foote. Both Philip and myself got to know Jessica while working as youth development coaches for the Los Angeles Clippers. And the reason we wanted to do this episode, uh, especially with her, is because both of us have been uh, watching a lot more uh, WNBA games recently and, and are really impressed with how good of a product it is and um, you know how much can be learned from watching women's basketball and just that it is... Um, so entertaining it's such good basketball and we just wish more people um more people have to to watch it to appreciate it and you know we also wanted to have someone on the podcast that we know has been a avid fan for years and years and years so this episode is going to be a treat uh we play a game where we name um, WNBA players and we give a comparison of an NBA player. Uh, we talk about the pay differences between men's basketball and women's basketball. And uh, we even uh, pay some tribute to uh, Pat Summit and the impact that she had on not just women's basketball, but basketball as a whole. So enjoy this episode about talking women's basketball with Jessica Foote. play a quick game with you. And this okay. is just going to help me kind of you know, learn more about the WNBA and just kind of help um, help our listeners get a sense of who these players are. So I'm going to name a WNBA player, and then you give me an NBA comparison. Yeah, the equivalent. Okay. Yeah, I like okay. that guy. Uh, so let's start with a GOAT. The other GOAT, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan? <laughs> or if you think she's think, like all of... I think she's more of a passer. Yeah, she's yeah. probably more... Magic? I mean, I just say that because if everybody thinks Jordan's the GOAT, then yeah. that's going to be your comparison. But... um. I would, this, is gonna, is this is gonna be. This is, yeah, I was gonna say I would compare her to. It's hard because what makes her so her, good? She's a goat. But we were talking about is her size at her position yes. with her shield. Her vision. This is what's hard to compare her. I don't even know that there is a comparison. If anything, maybe a Curry. Only because is that magic. Uh, the well, taller yeah. point guard. And you know what's crazy is she, she grew up shoot. watching Magic, right. loving Magic. Okay, that's, so maybe okay. it is a Magic because her taller vision on the guard, court yeah. is on like what she's able to do talent-wise, but combined with her vision and passing, I don't know that there is an NBA player, especially not a current one, who actually has the same kind skill set. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know that there is because, like you said, not with LeBron. her size. I don't think this is going to hurt people, but I don't think LeBron cl- is clutch enough to be a Diana Taurasi. He's the clutchest oh, person in the NBA, but shit. <laughs> uh, hell no, because if you told me between LeBron and Taurasi, who had to take a shot to win the game, I'm picking Taurasi. Whatever the situation, this well, shot. Well, ball or oh, Okay. So absolutely not. Taurasi's going to hit that in whoever's face is guarding her. I can't guarantee LeBron would. I think Tarazi. I'm picking Tarazi. Mm-hmm. I'm picking mm-hmm. Tarazi. She'll do something. She'll get to the line. She will do something. 
Okay. I can't so, not say that she um, wouldn't. Let's go with her. She'll do that something. Not, let's no, go yeah. with, with her teammate. Um, the the biggest physical specimen the, the league has ever seen. Griner. Who's Griner? your who's your comp? Uh, it could be past or present too. I feel like I'd be dissing somebody in the NBA by making that compare. And and I mean that because like, she's not that skilled. Really. No, she's just big. And like I said, I think she's kind of if gotta, she ever decided. Gotta go Shaq. God, huh? Shaq. Gotta go Shaq. I think Shaq has a little more skill. I do, although I will say Griner did develop a little bit of a shot. So she's able to step away from the rim now. So like 10, 12, yeah. Yeah, she can actually step away and shoot now. So at least give her credit. She worked on her shot enough to do that. So, Mm -hmm. but maybe you're Shaq because I don't think... dominant. Yeah, Yeah, he was so big that it was just like he could do... I don't think she's as good at what she does as Shaq. No, and I actually, now that you're, I'm thinking about it, Cam Beige... Elizabeth Cambage, mm. that's your Shaq. That's your Shaq? Oh, okay. That's mm. your Shaq. Build-wise, the way she plays, I think that's your Shaq. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so who would you go with then? My bad, I kind of threw it shoot, out there for I you. Don't, I, I, uh, Is it a wilt? I would think she almost has like a... I could almost see... Well, again, now I'm disrespecting Tim Duncan by saying that, but I think yeah. she kind of has that quiet, like... Just gonna score, and I don't necessarily know that that's a good thing, but kind of that under the radar damn score twenty some yeah. well, points and maybe would you like maybe if DeAndre Jordan had a little more skill, like a little better, like a if, little if bit DeAndre, more of a shot, like a, a better offensive version of DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's not that's not a bad mm-hmm. comparison. Although, do you, Solid, no, that. yeah, but DeAndre rebounds better. I <laughs> it blows my mind that that Griner's not even. She doesn't have a motor anymore. That's the only thing. She could get every single rebound if she just had that inside internal motor that... Yeah, her, like, if you put Tarazi's like, I'm going to kill you to win this game yeah. inside a Griner, holy crap, right? Okay, so let's go... Um, I, I was actually telling Philip, someone I actually like more than Griner, um, Sylvia Fowles out yeah, of Minnesota. She, that's your... Would you, I, from, from the limited amount I've seen, she seems like she has the best post game. Yes, that's why she wins. Yeah. It when the Lynx end up making it to the playoffs and final, she's won regular season MVP. She's won the finals MVP a couple of times, having been on a team with like your Maya Moore and mm-hmm. Lindsay Witt, like these gold, all these gold medalists. But yes, I agree. I think um, she's probably as far as skill set. She best. may be a Duncan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would actually think that's a way better comparison for Tim okay. Duncan. Let's go with her teammate yeah. and uh, ATL native uh, Maya Moore. Maya Moore. That's honestly, that's probably a better Jordan comparison. Okay. Although I don't think she's better than Tarazi. Don't even fight me on this. But <laughs> just um, like Jordan's not better than Braun. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I was trying to bait you into it. I was trying to bait you. You're, you're uh, from Illinois, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, first yeah. of all, yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, I think skill set wise, yeah, I think Jordan and Maya are pretty comparable okay. defense okay. wise offense skill wise like i think they're pretty comparable is she brian yeah. jordan too yeah, yeah. She, yeah. which is probably jordan. indicative yeah. of what jordan like, thinks yeah, I'll, I'll like yeah. Yeah. yeah i think Stewart. jordan had better hand better she's like than Moore does, she's not quite a she's definitely like a, a post with some some ball skills she's not mm-hmm. like quite like a ball handler i'd say but like she seems like like that Four who could yeah. bring the ball to the floor, make I some passes, almost, kind of thing. But but like really skilled though. We talked about like it today. KD, maybe? We what? talked about it today, and Kevin she Durant? Can, Kevin Durant. But okay. she doesn't guard. But does she have the handles? She Durant? guarded a post today. No. She's guarding Brittany Griner, and then she yeah. was out there on the wing handling the rock. So who did you say earlier today? Uh, I was maybe like 
if Ben Simmons could shoot, but she's like a great shooter. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just talking like, like Lamar like Odom. Yeah, like, Lamar Odom. That's like what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I always just she always makes me think of KD, but only because I think they're just bodies built the same. Yeah, she's super but long. But she yeah, and I think she doesn't have quite to have the handles that um, Durant, Durant yeah. does though. I don't know, but I think if she. She hasn't needed to up until which she has a dotted ball handle. Right, Sue she Bird. has Sue Bird, but I think if if and when Sue Bird retires and then she really, really has to like develop her game, then she, if she does that, that'd be a good comparison because she has the ability to, I think, to handle the mm-hmm. ball. She just hasn't had to mm-hmm. really. How about uh, Deladon? Um. Mm. Ooh. Now I'm like trying to think. Um. That's another one where her, in a way, her skill set's hard to compare. Cause she's, I mean, she's a really big guard in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, so, uh. Would she be your KD? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's not a bad. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison. I think KD could go down and post people better than than I see. But she's I, like what six five though. Yeah. You think she that's not gonna part of a game. She need, she should add yeah, that to her game. Fun. I don't think she can pass too. Yeah. yeah, and I think, but I don't think they. Again, she's on a team where I don't think they need her to do that. Well, I mean, she's like, strictly wing. Right. Like <laughs> so, I haven't really seen her have to do that. So that's why some of these comparisons are so hard because the way d- NBA teams I feel like aren't built. I think WNBA still kind of plays some of that old school basketball where you have your five, you have your four, uh, you you know. So it's like. Right. And I don't think NBA teams it's really develop their roster. Yeah. Right. And so it's so, in a lot of ways, it's super hard to make comparisons because they just play, in a lot of ways, different games mm-hmm. still. So I think some of these players could have the same skill sets. They just don't need to on your team, so you don't see it as often. I mean, look at Phoenix. They're a true She's a probably team like doing way more ball handling and posting up overseas than she yeah. is here. You know? Pretend, like yeah. you say, it's a different... They have real post down there. She goes overseas. She's the, now the tallest player on the team. So right. they need her down in the post. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Exactly. So just whatever your team needs you is whatever you can Well, because like even play. Phoenix, when Little went down, Little was their four. She was playing the role of the four. Right. So that's why Phoenix fell off so hard because they were like, like they didn't. So they had to move Bonner from the three to the four. And I mean, you've seen Bonner. She's like. Right. A and that's thing. a big difference. And it's a very physical position, and especially in the WBA. It's a huge difference because you're a lot of times. Some of these teams, if they have two post players, and you're now guarding a post, you right. know, and so you're yeah, just, they real, still real fast. exactly they <laughs> still play depending on the makeup of their team. WNBA teams are not afraid to play, kind of like your Spurs, right. where you had a true center in Tim Duncan, and you built around that, you know. So it's really hard sometimes to go back and forth because in a lot of ways they still don't play the same game. Right. Okay, last one I got, uh, Candace Parker. Candace Parker, that would be... She's like a point, right? But she's pretty big. Yeah, she... I mean, she... Well, with the spark, she's, I guess she's there four. Oh, okay. Because you got NECA. If NECA's in, she's going to play the five. Mm. Um, and if you have, like, Jontel Lavender in, she's going to play the five. The she's only, like a wing four. She, yeah. Like, she's like she, a three-four. Yeah, she's yeah. like a three-four. There's times when she might play, like, the, the five... Um, just because of height. Because of height, right. and like depending on the matchup of the game. Well, it's and like you know, if KD in... will be the rim protector. Right. He's not really like their five on offense. 
Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, because very few times is Parker regarding like your Griner or your Sylvia Fowles or. But to whatever. that point, we just saw Brittany, uh, Brianna Stewart, guarding yeah. Griner and doing a good job yeah. too. Like. And sometimes, I mean, you gotta almost just throw, because like think about it, you're that's that in a lot of ways that's smart because Griner's scouting and, and playing off of how Howard's gonna guard her. Right. And once she masters that, what are you gonna do? Well, let's just throw our next, <laughs> next tallest right, defender. Yeah. Parker's probably comparable to. Um, Actually, maybe she might be the best comparison to, to KD because mm. she can handle the ball. She can bring the f- ball up the floor, yeah. do whatever, drink, you know, mm. shoot a three or read the defense and take it. Um, so she might actually be the best comparison to, like, your, your KD. Okay. Um, she's another interesting player to me because I don't think she's been consistent enough in her career uh. to be in the conversation for one of the, the best to do it, even though she probably has the skill set to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's had consistent enough seasons throughout her career okay. to be in that conversation, which I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, probably. But. Um, do you have any more comps you wanted to ask about, Philip? Uh, yeah, I got it, but it's a different type of uh, comparison. It's going to compare, like, what do you think about, like, the pay between WNBA and NBA? Okay, so I think what gets lost in this conversation a lot is people like, they don't make as much money. Why, how can they be complaining about it? But when you actually look at like the percentage of the revenue that's getting spent on the players, mm-hmm. it's at like 20-some percent. Whereas uh-huh. NBA, it's like 50%. Okay. So what the players are saying is, okay, there is revenue. There is this. So how are we still getting so little of, of, the big, um, of the big pie. Right. They're not they're saying not, they, they need to make $100 million right. like the NBA right. player. They're saying they just want their equal share. Comparable like percentage yeah. of right. what so whatever, the NBA players make. Whatever their company is making, they should right. get something. Exactly. Especially when you have like the coaches making more than the players. Really? <laughs> like sometimes that might be... A, well, because you're like rookies. So like think about like Brianna Stewart just won MVP. She's been in the league... Maybe three, three years. years. Three She's years. probably still at her rookie contract, contract which is maxed out 40, at mi- not probably like thirty-five. Ooh. Depends on the team because yeah. it depends on the team and what. Uh, and you're ta- you're telling me their coach is making more than her. Like it's just now it's some just of that. The star, right? right. League, now but. some of it obviously is just the aspects of like the way their contracts are set up right now in the WNBA to to help facilitate keeping so, the max down. So. I know I personally always give credit to like the uh, NBA Players Association and their um, collective bargaining agreement and the NBA as a league and how they're, you know, know that their player ran and how good of a league it is. So the NBA and the WNBA aren't the same entity, but they share a lot and they are very mm-hmm. com- common and they are partners. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you bridge that gap and and make the WNBA more so like the NBA? Does it start with the Players Association and the Collective Bargaining Agreement? or? So I think that's what's going to be real interesting coming up. I think if I read this correctly, they have until October to opt out of their current one. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes through 2019, but they can opt out early. And early but they, I think they still have to keep everything the same until next season. Yeah. And then they can... Um, so they can basically that. re-sign and extend it or they have to opt out a year early in order to say, but it's right. the same rules. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think you have a lot of young players that don't want to go overseas. They're, you know, they're not afraid to speak up about it. Um, they grew up on watching some of these players and they're like, not much has changed. So what, you know, what are we doing? We right. got to take a stand in some way. Um, I do think the NBA should help a little bit more. They're like a billion dollar company. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, 
put a little bit more money into helping with maybe get these teams marketed better. I mean, I actually think so. This but is, but but as a dub, as the NBA, we do do that as. They they help uh, they put a little bit of money like not all the teams okay so not all the teams are owned by an NBA team so first of all only about half the teams are actually owned by the same uh, oh, yeah same ownership group as their NBA counterparts see that's the that's um, the other thing that I'm thinking of like how can we make it more intertwined you say only half of mm-hmm. the teams but are what's owned interesting is though some of the most successful ones are the ones that are not bogged down by being also owned because a lot of times what happens is when they are owned by the same they're not paying attention to the WNBA side enough right it's an afterthought it's not their right it's not their biggest but those markets that don't have NBA teams are flourishing like the Seattle yeah right but I mean Phoenix is flourishing but again you have like someone like Dennis Rossi in your market you're going to be able to do okay yeah she's bigger than NBA star right in that yeah in that city yeah she's the most probably recognizable basketball player um, I do think that the WNBA needs to revisit their contract with ESPN because I don't think ESPN does anything for them. Mm-hmm. They don't market them in any way. They don't talk about them on like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you see these games get done and they immediately cut to something else. They don't. They not, don't even talk. Watching, not today. It was it was scheduled after some Miac football game. It some was some worthless. <laughs> at me, people. At me. Worthless. <laughs> college football game that nobody can even tell you the two teams who are playing on the first weekend of the league. And it's like, there was a... I mean, I get like a lot of times it's like, oh, we got a minute left, so we'll bring it to it. There was a whole quarter. quarter. They almost went to halftime of of the Mystics Atlanta game. I'm like, they would never do that to an NBA team, right? So I don't even think it's worth being in these contracts with ESPN if they don't care enough Mm -hmm. to treat the WNBA with respect. Because the only way to grow the league is to treat them with respect and to put them on TV. And talk about, like, the Aces being in Vegas this year, the Las Vegas, they were incredible. They marketed, I saw more marketing for them than anything I've ever seen. And it paid off for them. They had so many fans there. Even even though they're a brand new team and obviously going to have a rough season. Like, unbelievable. It shows that in the areas where they can get marketing, it it, people will come, yeah. but somebody so, has to do it. So we talked a little bit about how like the game's more widely accepted overseas than mm-hmm. it's in the United States. Um, how do we change that perception of women's basketball if like, yeah, how do we change the perception? I of mean, basketball? it's just one of those things where it's a larger, uh, it's just a larger cultural issue in a way, which kind of sucks because you're fighting cultural battles within a sport, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, until we can get overall respect for women's abilities in athletics, I mean, you see it in all kinds of sports. I mean, Serena, I, I, I think if she were a dude, it wouldn't even be a discussion if she's like, you yeah, know, go. the go yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a larger problem. Um, and I think the more NBA players support it, that will help because um, it's like, if they can respect it, what's the reason you aren't? You right, know? Yeah. Um, and I think what helps too is you have all these generations now who have grown up with it. So once these guys that grew up with like it not around and still look at it as a joke kind of fade out mm-hmm. and it's everybody's grown up on it, I think that yeah. will really help too. People got to also know like what good basketball is. Well, yes. I, I will admit, I used to be one of the people that laughed at it. I didn't really know basketball back then. Mm-hmm. And then once I, it was a few years into my, when I started coaching, I started understanding the plays and then I watched the game and I like understood why it was a good product. Right. And that's why I think 
it goes to show like people like you guys say boring talking about the Spurs, right? But they play good basketball. Yeah, right. And that's why they're able to beat teams that are filled with superstars mm -hmm. because they're playing good basketball. So I, I agree with that. If we can kind of remind kids that it's not all about the Steph Curry three, yep. which let me point out, Tarazi was doing long before Steph Curry. So <laughs> yeah. let's just say Steph Curry is the Diana Tarazi of the NBA. Um, I think if we can really like, like how Messi's the exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, which by the way, like Tarazi's from her parents are from Argentina. Um, they immigrated over here, so she like they she's um, a huge Messi fan, huge huge uh, Ginobili fan. So yeah, they were interviewing sense. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were interviewing her, and she was talking about how big he is to their culture. Um, as well, and I think she grew up obviously watching him a lot mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I just think you, we just have to like get the younger generations to understand it's not just about dunks and threes. You got to yeah. be able to yeah, do the technical it. side right. of it is beautiful. Passing. Yeah. I love an insane pass more than any dunk ever. Like that's just me. When yeah. I see somebody pass a ball, that I'm like, how did you, how did you even? get that through there? Right. Yeah, like, I can see that. I encourage my players I train now. They don't always listen to this, but I tell them to watch WNBA mm -hmm. because. Like, you're, if you watch, like, if, if you're just some 16-year-old playing high school ball, like, and you watch Blake Griffin dunk on someone. What are you learning? What, what are you going to do with that? Right. Like, what, what, are, what are you going to do with that? Right. But when you watch, you know, a WNBA player make a pass fake, a pivot, you know, a good entry pass, you know, right. have some yeah. good post work, like, oh, that's something that you can apply. Exactly. Right. And I think that, like, I actually, and that's a good point, like, that's, you need more um, parents have, having their kids watch the WNBA, especially like what really baffles me and like frustrates me to no end is talking to younger women. I remember being in high school and college growing up playing ball and I'd be like the only one on the team that watched like in high school watching UConn. And like none of my teammates watch like women's basketball. Women's even the women, that's basically right, what you're saying. The, the women, women don't like, watch what, women's basketball. What are you doing? Like if you want to get better at your sport, how are you not watching the best, the best at your, your sport? sport? Like it, so I think in some ways we're still and I think it's cuz it's still ingrained into them to grow up watching the NBA or watching the men. So it's like we should I not to only focus on females watching the females, but we at least got to get the other females watching <laughs> right. the, the women, you know? So that's I don't I don't know what there's no easy answer. It's just little by little we have to really um, expose younger mm -hmm. generations to it, I think. So I heard uh, Brittany Griner say the other day that she could <laughs> beat DeMarcus Cousins in one-on-one. Who are you going talking. with? No, Who are you going I'm with? not going with Griner at all. Who are you going with? Uh, Cousins. Are you oh, serious? Okay, okay. I'm just kidding. No, it, it depends if a ref is involved. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be the be-all and end-all right Why should pick Cousins? I, mean, I, feel like I think it was so, It goes back to like um, USA Basketball a couple uh, years ago. Okay. They had like a, a like a little like going like as a joke going back and forth about okay. it. She would just joke that she could beat him, and I think <laughs> it's just every but time. But it's funny to see like some of the women like like supporters and stuff. Yeah, like, of course yeah, they're gonna, especially they're gonna. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Gino Orihama though, they interviewed him. He's like, first thing I'm gonna do, so <laughs> y'all my money. So my, my house. house. <laughs> so all my money. That was classic Gino. Yeah. Classic Gino. So right speaking there. of women's basketball and dynasties, we know um you know you're a UConn fan, mm -hmm. but did you want to speak some to like my favorite women's culture? I know me and Andy talk, uh, Andy and I talked about it before, but uh Pat Summit and what she meant to the game 
of women's basketball. Oh, she meant she meant literally everything. Um, in a lot of ways, there is no women's basketball as what it is now if it's not for her. Um, first of all, she played for Team USA. Then mm-hmm. she helped coach Team USA. Um, and then to just th- turn Tennessee into what it was is unbelievable, especially if you haven't read her book, you need to. It's just incredible what she what she had. Like, they had nothing, nothing. What she was getting paid was nothing. I mean, it's unbelievable what she turned that team into. And then what's even more unbelievable is to know that in the back of her mind she she was growing the game and taking a game from Gino Oriyama when she had everything to lose and he had nothing to lose. Um, and then when UConn beat them, mm-hmm. I mean, that just changed US or uh, women's basketball forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Forever. So, and Gino will say it all the time, there is no UConn without, without Pat Summit. Yeah. You know, and granted, Gino has basically did the same thing about at UConn. Took a team, got paid nothing, you know, took them from nothing to what it was, but without Pat Summit allowing that game to even happen, there is no, there is no UConn. You right. know, there is no... I don't even know if we'd be at this point in the women's basketball coverage had it not been. In general, been. In yeah. general yeah. yeah, without, without uh, pads on the for, for a while, it seems like college women's basketball was more important and more viewed than the WNBA. And it was mm-hmm. because of those those two. That rivalry. Yeah, that, and you know what? I'm about. so happy they're renewing it. It doesn't start until... 2020 maybe mm-hmm. but they finally just renewed that i cannot wait how good is tennessee gonna be um yukon's definitely gonna have the upper hand i yeah. think just the first couple of times they play each other um but that's one of those that's gonna draw more people to go to tennessee uh, too though. right and i think what it'll do is get tennessee back up, up to, to the level they need to be, yeah. that they used to be yeah. because you know now it's like everybody goes to notre dame and yukon i mean yukon's always in the running mm-hmm. but then you saw the one good thing i will say is when when tennessee fell baylor. off notre dame and baylor yeah. you had some of these other teams take ones, up the yeah. mantle and then it became yukon notre dame that kind of became the, battle, the big yeah. battle so hopefully it brings tennessee back up because i would like to see uh you know holly warwick have a have some seasons that are a little bit better especially in the playoffs Having been the coach that came up under Pat Summit, I'd like to see her, yeah. you know, get a little bit more, more success. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so uh, yeah, speaking of uh, women's college ball, you know, with, with the season coming up, um, obviously UConn is, is the, we know what they're going to be. Um, just who are some of the key players we should be looking out for and just some of your thoughts on, on teams to look out for just going into this women's college season? Shout it should be, it should be so super interesting this is the first time that i'm like don't i think that everyone has a wide open shot at uconn first of all mm. um they lot they I, I say that but then uconn will, gino will do what he always does and somehow like, UConn's. yeah Super question do they they don't do they have is one and done ever is it allowed or is it common or do players typically stay for a few years uh for the women's game it's not as common however you've seen in recent years, a lot of player movement, weirdly mm-hmm. enough. Um, it doesn't happen very often at UConn. Oh, right. uh, I mean, Elaine Deldon was like the one and only player that you really heard from again after leaving UConn. It was like, but she didn't even start the season. She like went there and decided mm. she didn't want to play, didn't, she needed time out, whatever, and left. But um, in, it doesn't happen in the, in the women's game. They typically stay. I think in the WNBA, though, you have to 
stay till you're like 21, like three years in college or oh. 21 or so, or have played a year overseas. They, they have way stricter rules about uh -huh. it. You don't have to graduate, but you think, I think it amounts to almost about like, you definitely have to do two years of college or go overseas, yeah, I guess, years, right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two years removed. Most, the ones that I've seen do leave early, it's always after their junior year and or they play two years in college, play overseas a year, and then get drafted in. It's happened a couple of times. You had Epiphany Prince do it. She's still in the league playing for New York. She was at Rutgers, left early, played a year overseas, and then got drafted. That's dope. Jewel Lloyd left, was like the first really big name that left as a junior and got drafted. Um, and I mean, no regrets because she's been killing it. <laughs> um, but that was a huge hit on Notre Dame, which is amazing that they won the championship this last year because they had one of the, they had their, they had Jewel Lloyd leave, one of their best players go down, and still somehow won the championship. Who, who's the, the girl hitting all the game-winning shots? Uh, I got to make sure I don't butcher her name. Uh, let me think how to pronounce it for a second. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't butcher. remember. Erica, like a... Shoot, I don't want to butcher her name. Butcher. But, uh, <laughs> a, I don't know. Oh, something. But, um, so, yeah, so I think Notre Dame's going to be good this year. Mm. UConn will be good because they had Katie Lou Samuelson, who's kind of gotten injured like every season right at the end. So we've never even really seen UConn have her in the playoffs because she's been injured. Um, but they lost some key pieces, so UConn is going to be super interesting this year. Um, I, I think the field is just completely wide open. I think uh, Tennessee has a chance. I mean, they just have to play consistent. They always blow it in the playoffs. Um, yeah, Dame. it's Notre Dame. Texas usually straight. Texas, they've if they can, you know, Tina Thompson coaches there now, so okay, they I did not know that. Honestly, the last couple of years when they got good, it's no coincidence that it's once Tina Thompson joined their coaching mm. staff. Yeah, but um, who wouldn't? That's a great recruiting right? crew. Like, who I wouldn't mean, want to go play for her? South Carolina, same thing. Don Staley came into that program, and now look at them. They won a championship, and they're in the running every year. Right. Um, I would say UConn, Notre Dame, and, and uh, South Carolina are your three that are most likely to win. Who are some players we should be looking out for? Um, for Notre Dame, it's the same. Uh, Erica. Butchered name. Yeah, the butchered name right there. <laughs> uh, I think her for sure. They have a um, center. It's... Brianna Turner, I want to say, if I'm pronouncing her first name right. There's so many Brianna, Brianna, whatever. I think it's Brianna Turner is how you pronounce it. She went down um, earlier. and She's actually torn her ACL now like twice. She's only had one like real season with them, but she's really good. So for Notre Dame, those two. Um, for South Carolina, Asia Durr, she'll be really good. I bet she might even potentially be a number one draft pick after this year. Um, and then for UConn, it's Katie Lou Samuelson, so... Um, it should be really, really, really interesting this year. Any, I think it's any team has a chance, not just those three. I think any team has a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some some new work we've been doing is when we close out shows, um, we all just give out one coach's point of of the week. Um, so you want to start with you, just you know, a quick little tidbit that's advice to players, coaches, something that can you know help them in their game. I think what it comes to mind recently and it's and it's because of the last game um uh i just read an interview with uh tarazi where she talked about early in her career having a game where she didn't score till the fourth quarter and only had eight points would have destroyed her she would have been too focused on I'm not doing enough i'm not scoring enough 
Um, but then she talked about how now that she's matured in her career, having games where she can now affect the game in so many ways without scoring. Mm. And I think if that's one thing these younger generation can really understand and take away, because they see so many superstars, they focus on that. But if you're a player that can affect the game in so many ways without scoring, that's a huge addition to a team. And honestly, that's what a lot of coaches are looking for. Because it's not experienced enough to even see that they're affecting the game. Well, and but, you can... Right. And other stars will want to play with you. Like right. I said, like with Brajan Rondo, like mm-hmm. the fact that like one, he's gonna set you up with a perfect pass, two, he's gonna defend, and he's not gonna take any of your shots away. Right. Like who wouldn't want to play with that? Right. And arguably that's why he's been so good for so long. Yeah. Is because he figured out what his role is in the league and on teams. And he's excelled at it. And I think Coaches are looking for those players because you're going to get plenty of guys that can shoot and do all that. You need somebody that can affect the game um, without having to score points. For example, uh, Elena Beard, also 36, crazy, just won her second in a row defensive player of the year. Maybe scores two plays, two points a game. Mm-hmm. But she, her being on the floor is huge. It changes everything because she's taking away so many points from the other team by being on the floor, yep. it's huge, you know? So I think if that's my one takeaway is learn how to affect a game without having, especially if you are somebody who scores a lot, when you're having a bad game, how can you affect the game in a positive way if you're not scoring? Okay, nice. That's a great point. Uh, Phil, what's your coach's point? My little tip for the day is don't get stuck in the air. Like, <laughs> A lot of players, I see them going through the lane and jump up nowadays and kind of just like, all right, now what do I do with the ball? Mm-hmm. Like, don't get stuck in the air. Jump stop is your friend. Or just knowing, like, where everybody is. Don't go in the air unless you know what you're doing. Don't mm-hmm. go up in the air thinking, <laughs> all right, when I'm in the air, I'm going to decide if I'm going to shoot it or pass it or right. I'm going to jump in the air and then look and see if he's open. <laughs> no, that's not how you do it. You know, you, you want to be under control. Um, it, it solves a lot of easy turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um and you don't have your coach, you know, yelling down your neck, you know, every time you do that. So just want to encourage people to, you know, just be more fundamental. Come to a jump stop, do your pivot, you know, and then you can jump and make your pass if you need to. But, um, yeah, stop jumping. <laughs> okay. And uh, mine is going to be specific to when you're practicing your shooting, um, especially when you're getting reps up. Study where the ball is landing and when you're missing – Take notice of how you're missing, and that will give you an indication on how to fix your shot. So, for example, um, I work with a lot of younger players, and they might have solid accuracy, and most of their misses are hitting the front of the rim, or coming up short. What that tells me is their accuracy is fine. Their Their mechanics are solid. That's a power issue. That means you need to generate more strength, right? And that's either gonna come from getting a little lower, using a little more of your legs, or jumping more into the shot, you know? And, and when you're getting more power, you also, you don't want to, you don't want to compensate with your arms. Right. By, by pushing it, it on your arms. by doing a baseball throw, you want to compensate with your legs. And then, but study, take notice. Okay, it's hitting the front of the rim. Now that, that's, that's the easy fix. Now you just need a little more strength. Now if it's off to the right, off to the left, you might have more of an aim issue. You might have more of a mechanical issue. Right. Um, but it's, it's very important that you, you know, 
like if that's the good thing that's really the, the main thing about having a trainer is you just have that feedback that you mm-hmm. can tell someone oh your elbow's not the right way or mm-hmm. use your legs more or whatever but learn how to be your own trainer in that way learn how to give yourself feedback and 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 take notes of okay this is going well why and this is not going well what why? specifically and, yeah. and how do i fix it but um you know just learn how to self-analyze when you're training and that will help a lot well, um, yeah. Thank you for uh, for joining us, Coach Foot, and um, you, you're a you're a trainer, correct? So you um, wanna... I don't do so much of it anymore. Okay. Uh, mostly because I'm now I'm trying to work for the WNBA. Okay. As you can see, I can't get enough of it, and <laughs> I could talk about it forever. Um, so I don't do it as much anymore. Uh, mostly just trying to uh, cross over and hopefully work for the WNBA. Even though I am working for the NBA right now, I'm probably like, mm-hmm. the only person on the planet that's like. I want to leave the NBA and work for the WNBA, but you know, it is what it is. But uh, I mean, did you want to, you know, tell people where to find you just in case they wanted some training sessions or um, you can, a plug? Yeah, yeah, you can hit me up on um, Instagram. I believe my name is football32, F-O-O-T-E-B-A-L-L 32. And yes, the 32 is because of love and basketball. That would be oh, <laughs> love Monica. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I want to thank you for, you know, Andy and I want to thank you for coming out. Appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, it's a big change from last time I saw you when you were getting... uh, Getting beat by a little four-year-old. Lies, lies, uh, lies. <laughs> and then getting mocked about it on the skits. Uh, right. Lies. <laughs> I'm, hey, I won more games than I lost. Okay. <laughs> no, but uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks no problem. Us. Have fun, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this last episode of the Box Out Basketball Podcast. Remember to check out our YouTube channel, website, and social media pages. Links to all are listed on the show notes. Here at Box Out Basketball, it's our job to give you the tools. It's your job to use them.